midfielder. Can he tee up someone in red? And it goes towards Lundgren! Hello and welcome back to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand and I have our co-host Logan Stump. Howdy. And Matt Hartgrove. You'll never walk alone. At least in the night. (laughs) (laughs) Not in your neighborhood. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not at the mall. Okay, so uh, today we are going to break down our... uh, the, the games we just saw, this, you know, Champions League is back, Europa League is back, and we are now going into the quarterfinals of both of those competitions. We're recording this on August 9th of 2020, which means that, and that we can um, make sure this is out before these games are played tomorrow, because Europa League starts on the 10th. And we'll be previewing those games and giving our predictions, which we are so far 0 for 2 on, uh, on any of our predictions. So we'll give those out. But first, we're going to start off with some transfer news. And Liverpool are closing in on 11.75 million pounds. Greek left back Kostas Tashmikas. Is that right? I can't say it. Kostas Tashmikas. I've been saying Tashmikas. I think it's Tashmikas. Let me try that one more time. Kostas Tashmikas. That's what I said the first time. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. What, what, are your, what are your thoughts on this, Matt? Because you said Liverpool Twitter is blowing up that it is not Jamal Lewis, former Raven, now Norwich <laughs> left back. Yeah, it's it's such a sometimes Twitter is my least favorite place to be because you know everybody wants a signing and then all of a sudden we announce they announce it. And now it's well. Why didn't we just pay what Norwich wanted to pay? Last wanted wanted us to pay for uh, Jamal Lewis, and then there's the other half of fans that are like, "Well, you can't just pay what the other team wants to pay. Like that's not the point." So that's pretty much split on whether or not people are happy about it. Uh, it seems like people that seem more in the know are pretty happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they more scouting wise. I haven't watched a lot of video from them, but. It does look like he was a big part of Olympiakos' game against Wolves. He played really, really well. Apparently handled Traore fairly well during that game. But it's definitely it's a nice signing for Liverpool because they just their backup left back has been James Milner, who I love, but should not be playing left back. Uh, so they definitely this was probably the main thing they needed this off season, and so it's it's nice to see that they took it really seriously. They went and got. It sounds like he might have been their top choice in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, it 
it's how, it was between him and Lewis, it seems like. Um, they actually came out today saying that they were looking at that uh, Sevilla left back that Chelsea is looking at, uh, the Sergio Reguilon. Re- um, Re- yeah, uh, yeah. How did I hear them pronounce that on FIFA the other day? I I was playing against Sevilla and they pronounced it. Who knows if they pronounced it right? I've been saying Regilion, but they said yeah, regularly. No, I don't know what Regulon. they said now. No, they said no. That sounds too American. It was uh, it was a very British way of saying it that I don't recall now. But I was I kept saying it every time he touched a ball because they would say it, and I was like, okay, I can say that, and now I've totally forgotten it. <laughs> But yeah, so they um Well how much did, how uh, much did Norwich uh want for Jamal Lewis? Uh twenty twenty million euros. Liverpool came in initially with ten and when that got rejected, everybody flipped out mm-hmm. because they're like, Why we're champions, why don't we pay what people want to pay? And it's almost like people don't understand negotiation tactics. Mm-hmm. Which is a little bit sad. Um it sounds like Liverpool are pretty consistent in they are not going to pay over their valuation. And if, I don't believe they valued Lewis more than probably about 12 million euros. It's being reported. And it looks like Norwich wasn't backing down. So they, they stuck with their valuation and went to possibly their first choice, but could have been second in Costas. And he honestly, he's older, a few years older than Jamal played in champion or played in Europe, uh, in the Europa League. And apparently it was one of the best left backs in the Greek league. So it, it definitely looks like a good signing for them. Cool. Yeah, I, I, I would think that you're correct that it was not, you know, that they were they were probably both looking at both of these uh, left backs and just making bids, seeing which one they would be able to get or which one would be falling to their evaluation a little easier norwich came back with 20 million and then they were like well we're already kind of looking at this guy anyway so they probably just dropped that hot rumor that was floating around early today is mario gertza going to fc cincinnati and mls uh that would be a free transfer i think didn't he leave dortmund on a free yeah yeah sorry um yeah that would be a free he he's definitely leaving dortmund they even had like a goodbye and like that whole goodbye thing, he didn't get to play in his last game because of the birth of his his child. He didn't mm. have enough time away from the hospital. But yeah, that would be a free. I honestly, I think MLS might be the best thing for him. Yeah, he's what only twenty eight still. I, I think. Yeah, he's twenty eight. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely dropped off a lot. I don't, I don't know for certain everything that happened with him, but I know he's had a lot of injury issues mm-hmm. since he left Bayern. To go back to Dortmund, and I just think in the end he fell down. They had uh, Thorgan Hazard, and they had Julian Brandt, and I guess even at this point, Gio Reyna is probably going to mm-hmm. is definitely ahead of him in the pecking order. So Italy might have been a good spot if he went to like a lower tier team, more toward the bottom. I just it looks like his career's been on a, a pretty bad path. So I think going somewhere where he actually could really shine could possibly put him back into Europe, maybe in a few years. Yeah, and they were saying that, uh, you know, there was a rumor floating around by somewhere on Twitter that he was over here in America getting a physical. That's been denied. But people are saying that, I think it was like some Cincinnati podcasters that follow the club or people within the club or somehow these people have sources stating that, you know, Cincinnati are trying to get him. 
and that there are negotiations. Are they serious negotiations on Gertz's side? We have no idea, right? So uh, I guess we'll find out as it that's coming. The MLS window opens up, I think, this month that the summer window opens up. And even after this tournament that ends on Tuesday, they're going back to regular season later this week with FC Dallas and Nashville. It could be, yeah, maybe he'll be playing over here very soon. Uh, or maybe th- he'll start next season, you know, and they just sign him and he's, you know, spending time with his newborn and stuff until he travels over here. But I think that'd be a good signing. Yeah. Willian to Arsenal on a free. That's what the rumor has been for the past week or so. Willian today, it's his birthday, actually. And he also just announced and released a letter to the Chelsea fans stating that he is leaving the club. His contract is running out. He won a three-year deal. Chelsea only offered him two, so he's walking away. And it sounds like Arsenal is going to offer him that three-year deal. Thoughts on this? Is this one of those situations where if I mean if I was him I feel like I would want I would take two years at uh, Chelsea over three years at Arsenal (laughs) right now I mean I know Arsenal's kind of on the up maybe with Arteta but Chelsea has Champions League next year and Arsenal does not Uh, what would you think Logan is this a is is this a money move then or just a security move I mean, it's got to be. I mean, with his eight, what is he, 32? Yeah, he's only 32 still, really. Um, so, I mean, I guess maybe he feels <laughs> like some kind of false sense of security with Arsenal that he'll get to play for a long time. Um, whereas, I guess, maybe in Chelsea, you might not feel necessarily secure um, if they're going to go out and start spending a lot of money like they used to. Um, I mean, I, I just... I think it's got to be something like that. I, I don't get... <laughs> why would you move down competitively? to a team that's not nearly as good and is more of a headache than, than what you would want to be towards the end of your, you know, latter half of your career at the end and, and try to play with them. It's got to be money. I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense to me. So. Right, because, I mean, usually Chelsea doesn't like to offer more than a year or two for over 30 right. players. Yeah, I, I guess that security of having that third year. What's your thought on it, Matt? You said you wanted him at <laughs> Liverpool, right? I thought he would have been a good signing because again, like Liverpool don't spend a lot of money, so it it he seemed to be on the same like wavelength as like the James Milner signing, a free signing that can come off the bench. Uh, he wasn't going to be obviously starting. I don't think he should be starting at Arsenal either, but I guess who knows then. Um, but yeah, he he'll be a good signing for them as long as he's just coming off the bench every once in a while. Especially if they keep a hold of uh, Lacazette and Abania. Well, it sounds like Lacazette so, might be leaving, actually. Really? Um, yeah, that was out today saying that once they actually get Abamyang to sign, Lacazette might be leaving. Well, in that in that case, I mean, he's still just going to be one of their bench players, but he's a good signing for them. It's a free signing. There's not a whole lot of risk on that. It's just a matter of. I think if you have to rely on him more than being a, a good player off the bench, I think that's going to end up being a problem, even for Arsenal's term. Uh, you already have Pepe as well. So if, as long as he's just their bench player, I think he'll do pretty well over there. Moving on, Dortmund have set the deadline for Sancho. We talked about this before. The deadline is August 10th. That's tomorrow from when mm-hmm. we're recording, and that's probably today from when you're listening. And it sounds like 
they're going to be taking a team plane, I guess, somewhere for like preseason prepping. And what I just saw on Twitter here from just a few minutes ago is that, yeah, here it is. Dortmund local paper is reporting that everybody in Dortmund expects Sancho to be on the plane tomorrow, which means Hmm. I don't think a deal is seemingly happening for Dortmund to sell Sancho to United. I guess we'll see if Dortmund actually stand by the deadline, right? If, if an offer comes in uh, before the end of the deadline and it's exactly what they want, will they still not sell him? Uh, let's start with you, Logan. Is, do you think a deal now gets done between Sancho and Manchester United with, with Dortmund selling no. him? No, I don't think so. I think, um, I think it was Friday when I was on Twitter, just reading through all the, uh, you know, not meeting on the asking price for him, which, you know, I think with, with such a young player, again, we talked about last time, I think it was a risk mm-hmm. that United was willing to take anyway to see if that panned out well for him. Um, but I, I don't think, you know, with as many guys that you can go out and get, um, and what seems to be some kind of a weird financial, um, spot for a lot of teams, I, I don't, it's, It'd be interesting to see if they'd really want to go make a, a big move for somebody like that um, to eat up that much money. Um, and, and really just seems like it's more of a rushed kind of thing. Like, uh, And we talked about this some, I think, with the transfer window being right here in the season coming up, um, where teams were more focused on getting back to normal. I, I just don't think that, that it gets done. I just don't feel like there's a way that it gets done. Matt, is this any sort of posturing from Dortmund, you think, trying to feel, uh, you know, put that out there that we expect them to be on the plane to make United maybe come back to the table or something? Yeah, I was actually going to go disagree with (laughs) Logan's answer to it because I I do think it gets done as much as I prefer it not to be. (laughs) I don't want him at United. But United they do tend to get the player they want if they set their sights on it. And Dortmund, again, like this is what Dortmund does economically. This is the exact type of move that they, especially in this time, if they could get even 80, 90 million up front, I don't see why you wouldn't take that. Obviously you could keep him, and maybe he goes up even more in value next year, but I don't think there's still going to be a lot of teams willing to pay you know 140 150 maybe madrid but i don't think he wants to go there he does seem destined to go back to england which kind Mm -hmm. of puts him at two different places it would be united honestly or city and so in the end he's probably going to end up at one of them and it seems like united's the one that's really pushing for him and would he want to go back to city even with how they just kind of let him go and he was fine you know he (laughs) you know it yeah, did, he, he was trying to get playing time, and they just like wouldn't gr- guarantee him playing time, so he decided to force his way out of there. And that's a good point, too. I mean, he probably only has United making sense right now. Obviously, I would, again, love it if, if Liverpool were able to do it, but I don't think that's the case unless they sell Mane or Salah, and I just don't see that happening anytime within the next few years. And so he, if he really wants to go to England, and I, I mean, soccer players can force moves. He can put Dortmund in a bind. And mm-hmm. I think in the end, it, I don't think the August 10th deadline is even going to continue at that point. Um, I would say probably gets done late August, early September. 
pro- before United play a Premier League game, I would be shocked if Sancho was not in their starting lineup for their first game. Interesting. We're going to move on to one of our favorites, Weston McKinney. Uh, he had been linked to moves to Southampton. Uh, he's been linked to moves to some other German teams. And right now it sounds like he could be leaving Schalke for Hertha Berlin for 25 million euros. Yeah, this is not official yet, but that is something that they are stating is the current rumor. And I fall on the side that I would actually rather him continue in Germany than going to England. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how he would do at Southampton yet. Uh, he needs to get away from Schalke, if not for the fact that they're very inconsistent with him. And I think that's where some of the criticism comes in with McKinney is that, you know, sometimes he can, he doesn't look as hot, but, you know, he's been playing for them at right back sometimes, playing for them in the middle of the field, playing for them, you know, like all over the place without actually playing his dedicated position, like all the time. So uh, I think if he can go somewhere like Hertha Berlin, if he actually, uh, you know, locks down his position, his spot, then I think that'd be a good move and maybe better than going to England. I feel like a lot of our youth always feel like they got to go to England and then uh, maybe they, they don't do well over there or they ride the bench because, you know, they're, they just can't get into the team because, you know, the English sometimes spend so much money and, you know, just look at city and Chelsea and stuff. They have people that are riding the benches all the time, but uh, we, what what is your thoughts on this, Matt? Hertha Berlin, good fit? I guess rehearing that and looking kind of at the Bundesliga table, because I, I agree with you that he probably should remain in Germany for the time being. If he does go to England, he really shouldn't go to anybody probably in the top ten. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think he would really get a ton of playing time, uh, which would be obviously terrible for his development. But is Hertha I'm just looking at because I know Schalke are they have a lot of issues right now with money. Um, Man, he's played for so many managers too. Schalke has had so right. many managers since he's been there. And Schalke is already going to look pretty rough next year. They're trying to basically offload their mm-hmm. better talent just to get money. They're one of the worst ones hit through everything. And it looks like Hertha though is is Hertha maybe the best move for him if he's going to just go to a team that finished two points better. Or should he be looking at maybe trying to get to the mid-top-tier teams like the Leverkusen's or the Wolfsburg or even Gladbach, Mönchengladbach? For me, I think he just goes wherever he's going to play. If Hertha's interested and his and the manager's on board and they think that he is going to be, you know, starting in the midfield for them uh, every every week. I think that's the better move because I, I think he falls into some of the same problems if he goes even to like Gladbach or um, or Leverkusen that he would fall into the same sort of issues if he went to somewhere like Southampton or in the upper tiers of England, uh, you know, Premier League. Because for me, I just want him to play and I want him to play in his position and I want him to play week in, week out and show every – I mean, he's obviously impressed – every single manager he's had at Schalke because eventually that, you know, he starts playing under every single manager he's ever had for Schalke. But it's just the fact that they almost see him as like utility where they put him wherever they want instead of, and that 
I'm looking at it from a USA men's national team perspective. I want him to be able to play in the position he plays in midfield for the U.S. and not have to worry about like, oh, you've been playing right back for your club team, but we're going to move you back into your preferred position. And maybe there's issues where he's like, well, I haven't played that position for a while. And it's, you know, seeping into his play there. Mm-hmm. And who knows? Maybe Hertha will be better next year. They'll definitely probably be better than Shaka. Shaka's going to be moving on lots of people. And maybe that's why they're thinking of getting rid of him. If they can get 25 million euros and they're in financial issues, that might be a good good turn of money. Any thoughts, Logs, before we move on? No, I think uh, one one of the teams, I was just reading the article about it, one of the teams that he was linked to was Monaco. And that, that one actually yes. made a lot of sense because he's, they said that because they're rebuilding and because they feel like Monaco can get back to a competitive stage, not right away, but eventually get back to a competitive competitive stage in Europe, that that would be a good spot for him because he can play the position that he wants and needs, um, at least for the United States standpoint, and then make that move, you know, with the bigger club as they get older to, to go into the European comp- or competitive stage. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, I, I think, I think the same thing has happened with some of the other um, homegrown uh, is they've gone over to the Premier League and just sit and rot. Um, because Yedlin was, wasn't he that same kind of situation? Uh, I, I think he's played more. Well, yeah, he moved from Seattle to Tottenham and then right. had to get a move to Newcastle because nobody was playing him, you know, at, at Tottenham. And that's where, like, and, and that's part of MLS's problem, too, is that they want to sell their players for high money and they want to sell them to prestige clubs because it looks good in the oh, yeah. numbers, right? Oh, Yedlin signed for Tottenham. Look how good we're producing players, right? But it's it should be more about the fit of mm. the player into the team that – and I'm sure Yedlin was probably excited, too, to go to Tottenham or something because, oh, yeah. you know, you think every, – every athlete probably thinks, I can break into that team, right? Or else right. why are you playing? But I, I think there's times where you have to be realistic and kind of think, well, maybe, you know, Newcastle, I think, was a good fit for Yedlin. But, you know, he he's yeah. had a lot of red cards. He's had a lot of penalties he's given up before. So he's probably going to be moving on is what we heard there. Yeah. But, yeah, I'd rather this talent always go to Germany. Ger- this seems like they prosper over there. They, they're given time to play because the pressure isn't as high, I don't think, as it is in England. Because in England you have where more teams can actually win the title, I think, that creates some of that pressure. Plus there's, you know, all that. Everybody already knows Bayern's probably winning the league next year as well. So, I mean, Monaco would probably be okay too, to be honest. If he's going to play and he's going to get, you know, I just always want these players to go somewhere where they're going to play. Same thing as I was talking about with you guys off air about, you know, Brendan Aronson maybe moving from Philadelphia to a German team, or I don't want him to go to none of the big teams were looking at him anyway, but while it would look good, like, Oh, we sold him to Munich. Mm-hmm. It would also be like, he's never going to play there, you know? Right. So, so for me, it's always just go somewhere you're going to play. And then you make the big move when you show them what you got, you know, or when you, or when you develop more and you can make that other move. At and plus time. I think playing, playing in Germany again would just be comfort for him too. You know, I don't know how yeah, much that lived plays a factor. He's lived there for four years. Yeah. yeah. But McKinney was actually uh, an MLS product as well. He was in the youth squad for Dallas. And instead of signing a contract there, he left from the youth team to go over to Germany. Uh, Cause I remember people talking about him coming up through the, 
Dallas Academy, but you know he wanted to. He had interest from Germany and immediately moved over there, uh, which was probably good for him. He's developing over there. Let's move over to our headlines. We're going to talk a little bit here about the salary cap that was implemented for League One and League Two in the English Football League. So, uh, for people that may not have seen this, on Friday, the EFL, which is the English Football League, they went ahead and made an official statement because they have voted. Clubs in League One and League Two had voted for the introduction of new financial controls in the form of squad salary caps, which take effect immediately. So part of it is due to COVID-19, right? They don't, you know, some of those teams are not going to be able to field teams. The teams that were worse off with COVID are going to be worse off if there's no salary cap, right? They probably almost get relegated if the other teams are able to spend. So at least this is able to kind of fix that a bit. League One has a 2.5 million pound salary cap while league two has a 1.5 million salary cap uh so when they calculate the salary cap it includes wages taxes bonuses image rights agent fees and other fees and expenses paid directly or indirectly to all registered players Payments directly linked to a club's progression in cup competitions or promotion are excluded from the cap while any income generated from players going out on loan is deducted from the club salary cap calculation. What are our thoughts on this? This is uh, usually we're looking at England to say we should do it their way, but they're looking at our way and our sports and saying we should do it like that for right now. Um, Do you think this will stay even after some of these, I guess, how, how long do we see this lasting? And... Is it good or not? Because I I see a lot of people over here in the USA for it, and I see a lot of people over in England and Spain and all these places saying that this is terrible. What is your thoughts, Matt? Um, I, I don't mind it. I do hope it remains. I think it would be something that would be good for – it would be something that would be good for, I think, the lower teams. They're not – they're already not spending – Clearly, they're not spending a ton. They don't have the funds to do so. The only ones that could really hurt, I feel, are teams kind of like the Sunderland teams, where mm-hmm. you know they they were pretty big at one point. So having this is definitely going to make it harder to get themselves back into the shape they want to be in. I, I think Wigan and Hull might have been relegated as well this year, and I know they were was, in the yeah. Premier League. Yeah, they were up in the Premier League when I was began watching, and Wigan won an FA Cup against Man City back in 2013. (laughs) Hmm. Um, So it it definitely hurts the teams. I think that have bigger histories that clearly should be doing better than they are. Uh, um, But for the other teams, I I I don't think it could be seen as a negative. So many sports have salary caps. I guess maybe in, in America that maybe it's a little different in European wise. Like we're, we're used to salary caps. If you watch, you know, basketball, football, you know, there's, that's basically the basis of 
it's the sport itself is you have to, you only have a certain amount of money to spend and it does help competitive wise. It can really help. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, I do think it will stick. I don't think it will get any higher than league one. If it were to go up to championship premier league, I think that would take way too much time. Um, and way too many people agreeing to it. Could you imagine have city having to sell like half their team yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or a quarter of it. <laughs> So I, 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 good idea, and I, I think it will stick. Yeah, I, I hope so too. And we'll get to Logan after, after I go on my little spiel here. I guess I saw some people, like I said, really giving this. They, they looked at it from Sunderland's pr- perspective. You know, I saw one of the tweets where they said, "How is this any fair to Sunderland? They're a big team, so they get tons of fans, which means, of course, they would have more revenue, which means they could spend it more and get themselves promoted more." But I think this even helps Sunderland. I think this helps Wigan. I think this helps a lot of clubs. Sunderland have been releasing, you know, information. Uh, I, I think Stuart Donald from, you know, the the show that we've seen is looking to get rid of that club uh, and, and offload it. He probably doesn't have the finances to spend what Sunderland probably would typically spend. Wigan went into administration, so they certainly don't have uh, that. I think this is good, and I think this is going to make less clubs go into administration. Look at it this way. If Sunderland could have spent more money, yes, but now they're capped off. But that means more revenue for them. They're not spending it on players. That means they keep them. That means they keep the jobs. That means they keep the team afloat for more seasons. Same thing with somebody like Wigan. They will be able to spend more once they reach to the championship. If everybody is on the evil uh, level playing field of $2.5 million, Sunderland can field a team. And Sunderland can get promoted. And then, if there's no cap in the championship, if they ever vote on anything like this then they're able to go willy-nilly and they would actually have more to spend because they wouldn't have spent everything in league one is how i look at it and i think this even helps teams like harrogate who just moved up from non-league football and now they can only spend 1.5 to be honest they probably won't spend 1.5 i would think they're such a small team but now they're on such a more level playing field with if Sunderland, you know, and Wigan and teams that have had financial issues, they will now be able to make more money because they don't have to spend everything on players to get themselves promoted, which means they have more money to save, which means they have more money to spend on, uh, you know, jobs and stuff or put away. So that way when they get to the championship, they would have more money to spend. That's how I was looking at it. And if everybody's on a level playing field, then it is definitely fair for Sunderland. And they're the ones that got themselves into this position of being in League One. And they can get themselves out of it. How about you, Logan? What's your thoughts on salary caps? Yeah, so I was reading uh, an article about an hour ago before I jumped on this. And I took all sorts of notes on it. Because was, it was interesting to, to read about like TV rights and, and different payments that the clubs get. Um, and I didn't even know what parachute payments were. 
or any of the, the direct payments that they make to the different clubs in uh, EFL. Um, so all the all the money made from TV rights uh, internationally and domestically, um, depending on where you are on the table and stuff, you get trickle down effect. Um, and then you get some kind of, you know, you get you actually benefit some from actually being relegated. It's not the worst thing. Like I was reading about it and you do lose some revenue, obviously, but they said that there there is payment um, when you are relegated tends to make it unfair for teams that so that's why so many teams bounce back up. Right. Um, is because they get those parachute payments. So basically they're oh. given payment to go back down. That's what um that's why like if you look watch Sunderland until I die, why they immediately try to spend when they get down to League One to mm-hmm. get right back up to the championship is because mm-hmm. they received those parachute payments and they were trying to use them, I guess, for players. And then they still didn't get promoted. And then that's why they're in such turmoil, kind of. In this oh, season. yeah. And that's what it said. They said, parachute payments. yeah, if you fail with the parachute payments, that, that tends to be like when you like almost go fault on a loan, like when you drop a loan. I mean, it's it's like that because it's not really money that was yours in the begin with. And then um, as it comes in, you're just losing all that money. And then who knows what's going to happen with it. You'll never get that money back that was supposed to be there. But like what you said, there's so many different aspects like I didn't even consider. Um, they did say that this could be the end of uh, the reason why people are worried is it could be the end of the pyramids, uh, you know, the setup um, for the different tiers uh, that this could eliminate. You know, you could have just two tiers that ultimately just compete against one another because of the money issue. And they said the the problem is, is that all these owners that are going to get and it's the same thing with like the NBA and stuff is some of these owners are get will get greedy um, and they'll take more money than they need to be. And when they get promoted into a different league, that's got a higher salary cap, you know, are they going to spend it? They also said another issue is that some of these smaller clubs are going to end up selling their players, you know, right at January's transfer window, you know, because they, they're afraid that they're not going to be able to pay them. And then they were talking about how like once a contract's out, so they sign somebody in the championship and they go down to league, then it, then that would ultimately just be bad because once they run out of contract, they'll never be able to sign those players again um, just because of the jump down in leagues. But I was like, that would have been the same way if they went down in mm-hmm. leagues. You're going to lose players anyway. So yeah. I, I see it as both sides. Like, yeah, it could be the end of some of the tier. But I don't, it could really help some of the so those really small clubs uh, kind I, of stay. Yeah, that, that's my whole thing. Less teams are going to go into administration with this, I would right. think, because they're going to be able to not spend everything on players. They can stay afloat. And I don't see how this would... I, I think people reacting about the pyramid going away because of this, just it doesn't make any sense. I think it's just because they're not used to salary caps over mm-hmm. there. If anything, this is going to be more exciting. There's going to be more teams that move from League One to the championship than ever before. Because you you won't have like let's say like we said with Sunderland or if we had you know like Leeds had dropped down to League One at one point and they went back up to the Championship, but you might get more like more teams like Luton Town which got up to the Championship which were small very teams like Harrogate this can help them even get up to somewhere like that or League One because if everybody's maxed out at one point five. Mm-hmm. then you're not able to just have, let's say Manchester City fell all the way down to the fourth tier and they still had all their money. Mm-hmm. They would just buy their way back up uh, immediately. They can't do that anymore. So more teams are going to rotate through yeah. 
promotion, which is going to ultimately be good, I would think. I don't see any way that that would stop the pyramid. I think they'll be able to put the money aside. They'll be making money off the TV rights. They'll be making money from stadiums, from the gates, and from sponsorships. And then eventually they'll get promoted, and then they would be able to keep getting promoted. And once they reach the Premier League, then they can go crazy if they want. You know, right? And they were talking about like the average. It says the average championship club, you know, not that don't have the Premier League payments. Even they spend a, a, a you know ten times more than the League One salary. So imagine going from League One up mm-hmm. to the Championship, and there's no cap. I mean, you're ultimately sending that team right back down. Like it, it's almost that big of a gap between them. I mean, this is teams that aren't even competitive in championship have way more money than the ones at League One, and and now you cap it. Now those teams that get out of League One will have all that money to compete once they get to Championship League. You know, the yeah. championship. So right. it makes it even for them as they get promoted, as it should be. They shouldn't have to be promoted and then sent right back down, and promoted and sent right back down. Like it's not fair to some of the smaller clubs because they can't quite. And but. You see it in the, you know, you see it in Premier. I mean, you see it in Premier more than, you know, you get guys promoted and they sent right back down and then it just becomes Fulham. the same revolving door. <laughs> yeah. Fulham just, so remember this, Fulham got promoted on my bachelor party that we were all at. Mm-hmm. We were watching that game before the championship <laughs> final. <laughs> but next year they get relegated and then this year they're promoted again. I mean, they mm-hmm. only spent one year. In the Premier League, one year back down and then back to pro. And even then, in 2018, they hadn't been down for that long because they were in the Premier League not that long ago. Right. So I, I, love, and, I mean, look it. at look at football. Like, look at you know the different sports and see how it works. Like, you know, baseball. There's you know you got the Marlins in Tampa trying to spend with the Cubs. There's no way. And then baseball's a little different. But yeah, yeah, the Marlins can't spend with them. But man, are they kicking everybody's butt? <laughs> Year for whatever reason, <laughs> right. they're playing. They're playing twelve-year-olds out there, and they're right. kicking butt. Yeah, but I mean, seriously, like if you look at the other leagues that have salary caps, it's worked out pretty well, where it made the playing field at least manageable. And and, and honestly, I think I, I and you know, as a city fan, this sounds crazy, but I le- I do hope sometime that it's not you know that they're still allowed to spend money, but like I hope that it's evened out some. Like I I do feel like it would be a lot of fun to see you know, some of the other teams up there with us um, rather than just the three or four that are normally up there. And, and to be honest, we are starting to see that a bit. Like the, the, yeah, reason, the reason why Leicester and Wolves mm-hmm. and stuff are doing so well is because the Premier League is making so much money on TV deals that they're getting more money because of these TV deals each year. Like, you know, each year the TV deal increases every time it comes back up. And that is what I think is helping compared to like the Bundesliga, which doesn't have a lucrative deal over here. It's on ESPN plus. And before that I was on Fox, but they didn't spend as much as what the Premier league is getting. Right. Oh, and that, that's why you're starting to see those teams like wolves and Leicester. And uh, uh, what's another one that's, that's kind of near the top. Like what was it? Uh, was it? Um, who was Sheffield. Yeah. Sheffield earlier this year staying up near that level is because they're getting better payments on TV deals. And that in turn is how helping them uh, field more competitive sides and signing big names. Yep. And they're that now they're the fourth. I didn't know this. They're the fourth wealthiest professional sport in behind the NFL, MLB and NBA. And that's huge because those are really big sports. And, And 
the biggest thing about that is soccer is still growing in the United States. And that's where you're a lot of your TV viewers are going to be too. So like once that international, and that's what they said, the international money is not quite as much as it will be in 10 years. Like it's going to be insane how much money they make off of the, and that's what they said with CBS. It's such a huge deal because CBS is a localized, like you take them off of NBC, you take them off of the gold, whatever that is. And you put champions league on, you know, CBS rather than Fox and CBS does a better job with sports. Or on Turner. Right, uh, exactly. And, and Bleacher Report, BR right. Live, that was charging $4 a game. And then I can pay <laughs> $5 a month and watch yeah. every game. It's With better coverage. Insane. With better, way better coverage, right. which we'll get to right. a little bit here. Um, some other changes here. The EPL rule changes. They're going back to three subs from five subs. I also read apparently water breaks are not happening starting next yes. season, uh, which is Happy. I think good. Happy I do not way. want I do not want soccer to have timeouts every yeah. you know once a half because then it's going to increase to three times a half and then it's going to increase. So I it's good. I would be fine with five subs because I to be honest I, I don't think that breaks it as much as other people say. There was one times where there used to be no subs or only one sub. It's increased to three. Five is like at least then more younger players or, you know, more players would get minutes, I guess. Yeah, and at least City would be able to bring in all 50 of those. <laughs> <laughs> Last bit of the Premier League news here is the VAR system is staying in the Premier League, but it's using the full FIFA VAR protocol, which means an increased use of referee review area, which means pitch side monitors, which the Premier League has not had. Usually, what that means with pitch side monitors is that the ref who made the call is the one that's looking at it to continue seeing if he made the right call instead of some other guy saying reverse that like they currently have. Also, goalkeeper encroachment on penalty kicks will now be enforced fully by VAR starting, you know, with the new season, September 12th. UEFA, Bundesliga, and Premier League had not been enforcing this previously. Mm-hmm. Offsides. The protocol does not allow for tolerance levels. Therefore, everyone's beloved armpits offsides remain, is mm-hmm. what this one article says. They're only going to show the final decision now, though. They're not going to show them drawing the lines like they have been. Uh, which is fine by me, because th- seeing them draw the lines is even more confusing, because I'm like, why are you picking that spot? You know, it just show me what the final verdict is. Keeping the flag down for tight marginal offside offenses. The Premier League had been raising the flag last season. So what that means is they're going to keep the flag down if it's tight offsides. And then VAR will review it if it is offsides or not. And and that's all the changes with, with VAR this year. Any any thoughts on, on that? It's, it's going to fall in line with pretty much what FIFA already has. I, I like the the camera side. The, mm-hmm. the monitors. Because maybe it's more like conspiracy theory, but I, I don't know how often the VARF wanted to overturn something if it was to not to overstep the main ref's call. It would be nice to see the ref making, assuming he's not getting too wrong at the same time. Right. So I'm I'm pretty happy about that because I think they did that with most of the other leagues. Um, yeah, I think I saw it in Germany once when they did that, where they did 
the, yeah, Germany the has pitch side. side. That's a call made, right? So that, that'll be nice. And MLS has pitch side. And um, I think most leagues, other than the Premier League, had pitch side monitors, which means that the ref is the one going over to look. Just some quick news that I just ran across here. But Scotland is going to have two places in the Champions League starting in 21-22 because they are guaranteed to be in the top 15 nations in the final UEFA coefficient. So the champions and the runners-up for this upcoming season, or the season that just started from 2020 to 21, in Scotland is going to qualify for the following season's Champions League. And this is in partly this is in partly due to how far Rangers made it through the Europa League is what really increased their coefficient and lowered the coefficient of teams like Austria, which had a lower coefficient than Scotland and lower uh, had a higher one than Turkey as well. This was Turkey's worst season in in, Euro, in Europe competition. So for anybody that doesn't understand what coefficients are, you can look them up. They can probably explain it better than I can. But it's how well you do. You get a certain number of points for how well each country's teams do in these European competitions, which then means they get more spots. So there was a time where like Germany only had three spots, but now they have four because they started bossing it in Europe, you know, and they kind of reevaluate these every so often and the fact is Scotland has started doing better so they're going to get two spots instead of just the one in Champions League which means they're probably going to have a third one for Europa League yep uh yeah. let's see yep third and fourth get Europa League and cup winners of Scotland get uh Europa League as well so basically it's Celtic and, and then whoever they want to bring Rangers <laughs> <laughs> right it's going to be Celtic or Rangers <laughs> I think there was only one difference. Uh, I was looking at their table. There was only one um, anomaly, and I think it was like, I forget what team it was that snuck up into second a couple years ago. Maybe Hearts or something. Yeah, uh, something like because, that. Because, uh, yeah, Rangers, Rangers had been relegated due to their going Rangers, into administration. Uh, yes, so they, they went to what, Tier 3 or Tier 4? Yeah, they went really low. They had to work on them. Yeah, yeah. 20, 2016, I think it was. No. 2017 and 18 Aberdeen um and then 2016 2017 yeah Aberdeen was there until Rangers now Rangers takes over that spot so that's funny let's see here let me just check real quick when Rangers went into administration and then got bought and then got relegated Steven Gerrard comes in and brings him back to glory Yeah, so you so you think. Um, let's see here. Until he takes over Liverpool. Yeah. It'd be fun to watch, but it does seem pretty unlikely that would happen. I just don't see why with all that pool of talent you have for a manager, why 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 so many teams in, in soccer go after formers. It's only I feel like it's only been happening a lot recently. It has. It seems like a trend in all sports. It seems like a, the Cubs did it. Um, you know, I think it's a weird With players. Yeah, just oh. adopting players that retired that have no coaching experience, but were good players as far as leadership. Oh, that is a great segue. Are it you is. ready for this? Juventus. Sorry is their their manager Murcio. Sorry is fired, and guess who's appointed? Pirlo. He was originally just appointed the under-23 coach uh, or manager, but 
without even having a training session for them, he has instead promoted to Juventus's next manager. So this is another, this is one of those instances that you're you're kind of talking about here, Logan, where they have no no manager experience at all. Lampard had went to Derby County. Uh, did did Steven Gerrard coach any lower levels? I want to say he was the under 18s coach at Liverpool before he went to Ranger. Like Zinedine Zidane had, yeah, uh, Zidane was a coach at um, lower Real Madrid before he got promoted to Real Madrid. But Pirlo has no experience at all. Yeah, after retiring, Gerard became coach in the Liverpool Youth Academy, managed their under 18. So it looks like one season before becoming well. Hmm. Doesn't take much apparently. One year of decent coaching. So Pirlo is the next Juventus manager. This happened really quick. Sorry, I, we woke up and sorry was fired. Mm-hmm. Then they said, I'm "Oh, so we hear, sorry. we hear, uh, uh Ponchicino was uh, was looked at, and they also said that Allegri was looked at." And then next thing you know, just a few hours later, Pirlo is, is the manager. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess they didn't really th- – those first reports were wrong because I feel like with how quickly they they had made Pirlo the manager, they probably already knew that that's what they wanted when they got rid of Sarri. Because no, this, like this was only hours later. This wasn't yeah, was like they say, interviewed – There was no uh, interview <laughs> like me or anything. They just got it done. Well, that's what I said. That's what I tweeted. I was like, man, <laughs> sorry, he's packing up his office still as, as Pirlo's yeah. moving in. Like, dude, can I help you carry the boxes out? But the FC legend Pirlo is mm. the next Juventus manager. So there you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, we, we just saw reports today as well that what Ronaldo's agent was – maybe meeting with PSG for a mm-hmm. move for Ronaldo. Sounds like Ronaldo wants to leave due to Juventus's shortcomings as uh, Champions League contenders. Um, here's some stats for Sarri's Juventus's team. Are you ready? Their worst points haul in the nine straight seasons that they've won it with 83 points. Hmm. The smallest gap between the top two, one point. This is the smallest gap between the top two since they started on this nine-year run. Conceded more goals than they had in any of the years of their nine run. 43 goals. Recorded their worst goal difference, 33. And had the highest number of defeats in their nine-year run with seven. And they actually set a record during the season, dropping more points from winning positions that any other champion in Italian football history has had. So there's a reason Sorry was fired. And yes, he did okay at Chelsea. He still, you know, the defense was better at Chelsea than it is this year. And apparently if you look at Lampard's Derby record, their defense wasn't great there either. So he's not coaching well on, it's not just the players. It is the coaching because some of these are the same defenders we had under Sorry, and we had the third best defense in the league. To then having like the worst, but there's a reason sorry was fired. Uh, it's not just for the Champions League. Yes, he won, but this was second place was Inter Milan, and they were only one point off. And I think Inter Milan can probably challenge for the title next year if this doesn't 
turn around and actually having an inexperienced manager like Pirlo, I, I'd probably put money on Inter Milan challenging for that. What do you think, Matt? It just depends, I guess. With with the Juventus, they're still going to have a pretty strong pool. I know that they're bringing in Arthur from Barcelona. I believe he's yeah. switching with uh, uh, Pianic. Pianic, is yeah. how you say his name, I think. Uh, I don't know if I butchered that or not. Former Roma Pianic. player. Uh, so they still have Juventus is still gonna they're still gonna pull in the top so they're still gonna be up there whether or not Inter loses causes that to to maybe drop back a little bit more. I know Inter uh, their main striker Martinez like Natoro Martinez I believe is generally rumored to go to one of the big Spanish teams so he would be a a pretty big loss if they, if they do in fact have to sell him or if he decides to leave him himself. So it's definitely, I, I don't know if I would put money on Inter just yet though. I still think Juventus, sometimes I, I don't know if those teams like Juventus and Barcelona and Madrid, I don't, I don't wonder if they would do better with just not having a coach. but <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they, 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 in a way, could just pull. Because I, I don't know what a coach sometimes does. I'm not for other teams, you know, like the teams in England, but there's some teams where I just look at them and go, you just cycle through coaches so often. What exactly is that coach? What's different about this one that's not what the last one was? PSG does it all the time, and they mm-hmm. still just sit there and win. And I'm like, well, why did, what did Thomas uh, Thomas Tuchel do for you that the previous guy didn't. You know, you're still finishing the same. You're still finishing in first. Well, they so want to Champions I, I League. I money on Inter just yet. Uh, I actually think Piero will be pretty successful. Oh well, yeah, I just I I think sometimes these teams these teams that dominate like the Juventus, the PSG, and the whole Madrid Barcelona battle. Sometimes it just doesn't seem like the coach affects it as much as it would be for, say, Jurgen leaving Liverpool, which I think would greatly affect Liverpool, or even some of the mid-tier teams. I think they they do better off of their coach. Sheffield would really struggle if Wilder left. But I, I think Juventus will actually still play better, or they'll still be at the same form. Possibly might play a little better with someone like Pirlo if it. So, will he lose Ronaldo, though? That might be the big difference. If Ronaldo leaves, then I would say Inter will end up winning. Here's my bold prediction for the year. Juventus will not win Serie A this, this upcoming season. Yeah, okay. I think that's safe. Yeah, I think that's safe. I think <laughs> Inter wins it. I think Inter wins it. I, I just think Juventus, Juventus just looks like a mess. Juventus is a hot mess. They're Even old. though they... Ronaldo might leave. They they got Pirlo, an inexperienced manager, coming in, which you know he he might do okay. It's just it's unknown. So, you know, if Conte stays at uh, at at Inter and and they keep a lot of their players, I I don't see any reason why they can't win it. Any more on that, Logs? No, I just don't. I I don't like. I, if I wasn't if I was a Juventus fan, I wouldn't like the situation you are now put in. Um, Exiting manager after one year, uh, you know, Europe failure, uh, Ronaldo talking about leaving. If he doesn't leave this year, he's leaving next year, you know, and all that pressure that that Juventus had as a club to do something um, and just never seems to pan out. 
Uh, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't like my spot. I, I it feel very uncomfortable, um, especially with how well, because I was watching the answer game and I was really impressed with how well they played. Yeah. They just look like the better side. Well, both of these coaches are former Chelsea coaches, uh, Sari and uh, Antonio Conte. So it's, it's interesting talking about coaching carousels. Uh, our last bit of news before we get into some of these game reviews and previews. Geez, our show is going to be long every week. We got uh, <laughs> Bundesliga announced their schedule for next season. We're not going to go through each week, but I'm going to just read off the first weeks of games here. So starting that first weekend, which is Friday the 18th of September through Monday the 21st of September, we're going to get Bayern Munich versus Schalke. We're going to get Dortmund versus Mönchengladbach. We're going to get RB Leipzig versus Mainz. We're going to get Wolfsburg versus Bayer Leverkusen. We're going to get Eintracht Frankfurt versus Armenia Bielefeld. Uh, oh, I'm not really too familiar with that team. Um, FC Union Berlin versus Augsburg. Um, Cologne versus Hoffenheim. Werder Bremen versus Hertha Berlin. And Stuttgart versus Sport Club Freiburg. They haven't scheduled these yet to be, you know, like which ones on Friday, which ones are on Saturday or Sunday or Monday, but pretty good schedule. There's none, none that really jump out. Like, you know, it's not like a Dortmund versus Munich opener, which would be really interesting, mm. but I'm excited. These are going to be on ESPN plus this year. So I'm going to be, instead of like Fox only showing two, we should be able to watch all of them on ESPN plus, which means, you know, uh, I can kind of pick and choose who I want to watch. If McKenney makes the jump to Hertha Berlin, then I might be watching that. There's also two Americans on Wolfsburg as well. So. I was going to say that the Americans are spattered throughout Germany. So. Yeah, and wherever Aronson goes too, I guess I'll be trying to watch that as well. <laughs> if you know That's, so we're 40 days away from the Bundesliga returning. 40 days, 14 hours, 10 minutes, and 14 seconds from when we're recording. They have a little countdown there. All right, so moving on up to our reviews. Before we get into Champions League and Europa League, just got to plug in my MLS here. MLS is back semifinals. You know, my team Philadelphia lost to Portland. Uh, They made it a a really interesting game late and a really close offsides call from tying it up in like the 90th minute. And then we have Orlando faced off against Minnesota, which was just Nani running all over the pitch and <laughs> bossing, <laughs> bossing Minnesota around, actually. Nani was so good. Sent a text to my friend Dave, who's an Orlando fan, and he said, I don't even know what I'm watching. And I said, you're watching Nani City SC. Mm-hmm. It's all Nani. <laughs> Who is actually one of my favorite United players, even though I'm not a United fan. Uh, even when he was at United, I really liked Nani for whatever reason. But... Uh, yeah, so the final is this Tuesday. Portland versus Orlando. I'm going to have to say I w- I want Orlando to win this, but I, I have a bad feeling it's going to be Portland winning this. I'll go with whoever you guys say. What do you think, Lowe's? You watched like, some of your first games uh, during yeah. the finals and live-tweeted that so I could relax, and uh, yeah. I did not yeah, know at all. No, no, especially Philly, man. I, 
the the Orlando game kind of just felt like okay, well, Orlando feels like they've got this um, in the bag uh, just because Nani was just uh, it did. It kind of felt like when um, when when Messi takes over, it's like yeah. okay, that's, that's no fun. <laughs> um, uh, but no, I, I really enjoyed this, um, and I I watched a couple games way back when Orlando City first came around, and it was just so boring. But uh, it's been a long time since I've watched MLS. But coming back to it, uh, I think I'm going to watch it this year. I think obviously I'll, I'll support Orlando City just because I'm here. Um, but uh, again, it, it's just such a different league from what I'm I'm remembering. But I think you're right. I think Portland Portland looks like the better side. There were some times with you know, in this last game when Orlando City uh, fell a bit off against Minnesota, um, where I, I think Portland capitalizes. Uh, and more and Minnesota played into Orlando's hand with uh, – Minnesota was pressing. Um, you know, yeah. Orlando was able to break them down. Portland is going to probably sit back more and let Orlando have the ball, and that's where it'll – you know, can Orlando break them down? If they do what Nani did <laughs> this last week, then they'll be fine. He's probably the MVP of the tournament if they win. Say- they were just letting him run out and they were putting balls over the defense and, and there's nothing they could do about it. And he, he got, man, he made some really tight moves in around goal. Um, that first goal that he hit, I thought was more impressive. It was just like the second one was kind of like what the really good players will do anyway to you, where they kind of hesitate and then they put one over you. But yeah. He, that first one where he was operating in tight space with that defender closing in on him and he made that one touch past him. And, and that, that was, it was insane. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think ultimately Portland sees that they go after Nani and they lock him up. But I think after that, I don't. I think Portland might be the better team right now. So, dang, I was hoping you would go the other way so uh, one of us would get a prediction right. <laughs> <laughs> so naturally, Orlando will win this tournament here in our backyard. Um, but no, I'm going to go with you, Jordan. So, so Matt, uh, who you got winning, Orlando? <laughs> yeah, I'll go. I'll go Orlando. There we go. We'll get somebody right here. <laughs> I know, I know who Nani is, and uh, <laughs> you know they're they're my uh, home team, my home team now. You went so to a game like, against Toronto. I did. They uh, lost the city. Yeah, they lost. Josie Altidore scored, and I think somebody else. Say so they had Altidore, and they faced Mike Altidore Bradley. and uh, Giovico. Yeah, yeah, Giovico before he left. He still play? Yeah, he went overseas. I think he went to. Um, one of the Middle East teams, I think, uh, like somewhere over there. I've always enjoyed him because he's my height. So I'm like, people my height really can make it. <laughs> well, speaking of people your height and that look like you, we're moving on to Europa League review and Inter Milan moves on. <laughs> For those of you that don't know that listen to the podcast, uh, Matt looks, ju- I mean, identical. We should put up an Instagram. Put up a comparison picture yeah. or something on Instagram. On Instagram. Twitter. No. Um, so here's here's <laughs> moved on in the Europa League and and play uh, tomorrow. So uh, Copenhagen won against Istanbul three one on aggregate, and they face Manchester United tomorrow on the tenth. And Man U uh, won seven to one on aggregate, uh, so it'll be Manchester United versus FC Copenhagen on August tenth, and then we have on August eleventh, Wolverhampton Wanderers uh, beat um, Olympiacos two to one on aggregate, and they're going to face Sevilla, who beat Roma two nil on aggregate. So uh, sorry, Wolves, I think you're. 
Don't lose that. We're going to get to that in a second. But we also had Inter Milan beat Gaddafi uh, 2-0 on aggregate. And they'll face Bayer Leverkusen, who beat Rangers, who we were talking about earlier, 4-1. to one. And we have Shakhtar Duntesk, who beat uh, Wolfsburg, who looked awful. Uh, they, Shakhtar beat that one, uh, won them, won that game five to one on aggregate. And actually they scored like three goals in stoppage time of leg two Shakhtar. That was mm-hmm. nuts. Um, and Basel, FC Basel, uh, beat, um, Eintracht Frankfurt. So it's going to be Basel versus Shakhtar and Inter Milan versus Bayer Leverkusen. And we got the games tomorrow. Here we go. Manchester United, like I said, versus FC Copenhagen and Inter Milan versus Bayer Leverkusen are tomorrow, August 10th. Probably the day that you're listening to it, these games might actually be going on. Both of those games are at 3 p.m. Eastern time in the USA. Tuesday, August 11th, is Shakhtar Donetsk uh, versus Basel. That's at 3 p.m. And Wolves versus Sevilla at 3 p.m. as well. So who do you have, Logan, Moving on from, let's go one game at a time here. Inter Milan versus Bayer Leverkusen. And uh, yeah. player Havertz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, no, I got, I've got Inter, and I was watching Inter play the other day, and to me, to me, they look like the most impressive team, at least left. So I might be giving stuff away, but I, I think Inter goes and wins this one. I didn't know. I didn't know Conte had them playing that formation that they had. They have three defenders, five like midfielders, and then they play more up top, like at the attack. But I, I think I, I think they'll run them out of the. Like, what do they call it? Out of the stadium or pitch? I guess. How do you? What's that term? Run them off um, the pitch. Is that? Run them off the pitch. Yeah. Um. I think they'll win. I. I'm gonna. I'll. I'll let me guess because I've I gotten this right for. Uh. Never. But. Uh, I'm gonna go three-one. Enter. Uh, I, I I I could tell you who's gonna score, but I'm not that smart. How about you, Matt? In- my life. Versus Leverkusen. Who do you got? Uh, I would have to say Enter as well. I'm just looking at their lineup right now. They do have a really strong team, especially. I mean, I Devries and I know Skriniar is also a, a pretty top center back. Uh, so even their bench is strong, and I. I don't think they're the best team remaining. I actually think Sevilla, looking at their team, it's their team is stacked. Their defense is really good. But I Leverkusen, the few bits and pieces I've watched from them in the Bundesliga haven't exactly been super impressed with them. It does seem they they rely so heavily, it feels like, on Havertz. And then it's it's just kind of they're very okay everywhere else. Uh, but I don't think they'll have enough to, to score against Enter. I actually don't think that Bayern Leverkusen score. I would say it's going to be 2 nothing, 2 nil. All right. Well, let's see what I got here. I mean, I, I think yeah, we're, we're awful. I think Inter wins this as well. <laughs> I'm going to go I'm going to go 2 nil. Actually, no, you just said 2 nil. I'm going to go 1-0. Uh, Lukaku looks good. That, that's why I think he's just – it's just – He scored the most goals, I think, yeah. uh, uh, for an Inter player in the last whatever amount of years. It throws me off without the hair, though. He's got to grow the hair back. I miss the hair. Okay, I think we're all going to agree on this one, too. Uh, Manchester United versus FC <laughs> Copenhagen. <laughs> Who do you got, Matt? I'm going to say I have, I have, I have Copenhagen. <laughs> do you really? I'm going risky on it. I, I, I don't believe in Manchester United. I don't believe in United. I just don't. I, 
I know they played super well since the um, the break, but it's really just been really well against lower tier teams. Which Copenhagen is right? <laughs> not not in Denmark. Yeah, but I mean they're lower than who they. I mean no, I guess they're still higher than what they just beat. So okay, you got have a score line then one nil. I'm gonna say it's gonna be two one Copenhagen. Oh. I gotta go risky. One of us has to. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, loads. You want me to go? No, no, no. I was talking about Matt. You jump for me. Um, no, I've got, I got United 4-0. <laughs> um, I think they'll blast through. Uh, we'll see who will be laughing tomorrow afternoon. I think it'll be a high on the Sancho news because I was saying that he wouldn't be there, but why not? Why not? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with United, and I'm going to go... I'm going to go a little lower. I'm going to go 3-1. I'm going to say, you know, Copenhagen scores on some weird bullcrap goal or something. At the end. Yeah. Minute. Yeah, where it looks closer than it was. <laughs> <laughs> How about uh, Wolves versus Sevilla? We'll start with uh, me, actually, this time. But I'll go first. I'm going to go Sevilla here, and I'm going to go uh, 2-1. I'm going to say Wolves get a lucky goal there. How about you, Logs? Dude, I'm going wolves. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just call it that. Like, I saw one guy's thing that goes, "I know I'm going against the grain here," and Sevilla looks like the better team out of all of them except Inter, I think. Um, but I, I'm gonna go wolves. I'm gonna say it's an upset with wolves. I'm gonna go um, two one wolves. Two one wolves. Yeah. All right, Matt. Uh, you said Sevilla probably gonna win the whole thing, so I guess you have Sevilla yeah, going through. Yeah, look, Sevilla's team is. It's their defense that really has me here. It's their center back pairing is amazing, but I I just think they're the best team and they know how to win Europa League. I don't know what it is, yeah. but they just know how to win it. Um, I'm gonna say three no. I don't even think Wolves. As much as I would like Wolves to honestly win it, I think it'd be fun to see another uh, England team in the Champions League. Yeah, I just don't. I I just don't think they're gonna have it. I think Sevilla is just they're they're too good. Yeah, I'd love rooting for maximum chaos, and Wolves winning the Champions League would be nuts. <laughs> winning the Europa League to get a Champions League spot would be nuts. Okay, last one for Europa League, Shakhtar Dundesk versus FC Basel. Uh, how about we'll start with Logan? Oh, gosh, the two teams I don't really – I had to look both of these up today because I have no idea what I'm looking at. Basel um, used, really used to have a really good team. We, we nicked some people off of there at one point. I would say Shakiri and Salah have come from uh, – Yeah, that's who it was. We took, we took Salah like, from them. Yeah. No, but I, I'm going to go – I'm going to go with Shakhtar. And only because I, I was looking at – I was I had to look up the table and, and Basel's not, not – uh, they didn't finish well. And, and I know their, their, their league was shortened, wasn't it? Like they, I think so. Uh, yeah, cut theirs loose. Um, they played some to get back, I think, but I think they had some matches they lost. But I, I think ultimately, I think that uh, Shakhtar and, and I, I watched I, soccer. I watched a, a story about Shakhtar and and um, Ukraine and stuff, and um, and it got to my heartstrings. So I'm gonna go two one. All right, um, Matt. I'm I'm gonna go Basel and. I'm just looking at it here. I, I'm impressed that I know Frankfurt didn't have a great year, but winning four nil to what was one of the top five or six German teams last year is not. I, I wouldn't say that's pretty. I don't think that's easy. Um, so to, to do that, I, I find it impressive. And honestly, it's a 
it's a, it's probably the biggest toss-up game I'm looking at here. It, I, it just looks it, it's it's literally just a toss-up because neither mm-hmm. league that they're in are exactly amazing leagues. The Ukrainian league actually has probably some better teams, but I think Basel shock. I, I think Basel shock them, and they they'll go through. Scoreline? Did you say scoreline? Um, I would say, hmm, I'm going to say 3-2, 3-2 Basel. All right. I think I'm going to go with Basel as well, and I'm going to go I'm going to go lower score line. I'm going to go 1-0. All right. So I wrote all those down, so we'll see, I was we'll gonna see say who got the to... most out of those. <laughs> We're going to have to make right. a graphic or a tweet out of that. So. Copenhagen is going to bring me to the uh, other side here. Oh, my, really... oh my goodness. That would be crazy if they won. I, I'd root for it. I'd root for it for sure. I would probably lose a lot of money on the ones that I've just chosen, but that's okay. What's the, what's who who plays who? Is it is it United? It, if United, United win, they Wolves. play the winner. It would be United <laughs> versus Wolves. Yeah, it'd be United versus Wolves or United versus Sevilla um, or Copenhagen that, versus those. That really gives Inter a real if mm-hmm. Inter win versus Leverkusen. I don't see how they don't get to the final, but right. honestly, Copenhagen could be going to the final here. <laughs> bold prediction from matt here we're gonna go over to champions league now can i we, go for copenhagen on that as well yeah yeah you can it's not gonna happen but you sure certainly can so to catch us up from what we missed before atalanta had beat valencia 8-4 on aggregate before anything was shut down and psg beat dortmund 3-2 on aggregate so those two teams are facing each other on the 12th Atalanta versus PSG. Recapping as well, Leipzig beat Tottenham 4 0 on aggregate, and Atletico Madrid beat <laughs> Liverpool 4 2 on aggregate. And it's going to be those two teams, Leipzig uh, versus Atletico on August 13th. Moving on to what we just witnessed Munich, uh, Bayern Munich beat Chelsea 7 1 on aggregate. That was brutal. And 4 2, Barcelona over Napoli leading Barca to face uh, Bayern Munich on August 14th. We have Juventus. You know, we talked about them a little bit. They dropped out uh, to Lyon. And Manchester City beat uh, Real Madrid 4-2 on aggregate. Uh, Lyon won on away goals, 2-2. So we got Manchester City versus Lyon on August 15th, which is Saturday. So starting tomorrow, we have so we have we have two Europa League games on Monday, Tuesday each. Then we have mm. a Champions League game on Wednesday, a Champions game on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. This is going to be a really good week here. So I guess we should get into some of these predictions. We got Bayern Munich versus Barcelona. We'll start with you, Logan. What what's your prediction there? This will be a fun game, but I. It was so tough because Messi played well, um, and and Bayern or Barca looked so good. But I'm going to go with Bayern because I think Lewandowski's probably playing the best football um, of anybody left in the tournament. So I'm going to go with with Bayern, and I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go two one. All right, Matt. Uh, I I believe Bayern's the best team remaining in the tournament. I don't think they just. Just watching them, even just watching them against Chelsea, they just looked, they looked too good. They just looked to be on a different level, and they did that 
before and after the break, even in the Bundesliga. And as as much as Barcelona can play well, I I just don't think Bayern are going to make the same mistakes that Napoli did. And they just they they're just so strong. And I, I'm going to probably say it's going to be Bayern. Mm, Bayern three one. At least me. I'm gonna go with Bayern as well here. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go. Let's go two nil. Manchester City versus Lyon. Let's start with uh, you, Logan. I'm gonna go with Lyon. <laughs> Are you no. really? <laughs> no. God no. Uh, um, but it's between <laughs> them and Leipzig. That are the worst teams in the league. Thing left. I I, I think <laughs> I think City will trounce them four to one. And Aguero might be back after, after this one. I'm hoping Aguero will come back soon because they, they need him if they're ever going to try to play against Bayern. All right. Um, Matt, what do, you, what do you got? You got City? Or are you going to go? <laughs> is this another Copenhagen <laughs> no, situation? Gonna, no, I'm going to go. No, I I think my, my upset might be. We're doing all the games, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've got an upset. Maybe it's not much of an upset, but uh, I'm yeah, I would have to go City. I don't want to, but I just don't think Leon is going to be able to to stop them. I I don't I think Bayern's the only team I believe left that could stop City. So because I don't think Barcelona could do it. I think Barcelona and City both play so open that there's no way Barcelona would play it better than City. I think Bayern are a lot more solid. Uh but City's going to probably roll over Leon 3-3-0. I don't think Leon score I'll go Leon here. I'll go Leon here. Uh, I was gonna I'm go. Sorry, Jordan, your phone, your phone dropped off. <laughs> yeah, I got Leon. I, I got them. Uh, let's say five nil. I'm just kidding. Dude, uh, you're saying that wrong. One nil. One nil. <laughs> one nil to Leon. Come on, dude. Oh, I think I'd be more impressed with Leon holding City to no goals than Leon winning. If well, you're I got both. It, <laughs> if you're going to do it, you're going to do it now because I will say on the attack, I, I don't remember. These are one games. These are yeah. one one legs here. Yeah, and City didn't. City City didn't play like they weren't great up top. Like uh, their their mistakes, uh, Real's mistakes were what killed them, and City capitalized. But I don't. City's top is still kind of shaky right now. All right, Atalanta versus PSG. I think this might be your other upset, maybe. I- I'm going to go here. I'm going to go first. I'm going to say Atalanta beat PSG. Uh, PSG have have Mbappe injured. Cavani is gone. I'm going to go Atalanta, and I'm going to go 2-1. How about you, Logs? Uh, Atalanta, like you said, too many keys missing. I'm going to go 1-0. God, with the rate Atalanta scores, I don't think they're going to score just one. How about you, Matt? Atalanta. I I think they win. I I I actually think they're going to win three 0 I think they just they they're considered one of the most exciting teams right now in mm-hmm. Europe. And PSG just never can get over they PSG can never get over that hump to get even further than where they're at at this point. And between Mbappe's injury and sometimes I don't feel Neymar can do it on his own. Mm-hmm. I just it, and I there's this different degree of play that Atlanta have had 
I just think they're gonna. I wouldn't be shocked with their side of it, make them making the final. All right, so I have all right. Atletico Madrid versus RB Leipzig. Two members have just po- tested positive for COVID before we started on Madrid, so the whole team has to be retested before Thursday. I um, they, I believe yeah. if they're out, I think Liverpool take over. So I, 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 I do they really? Liverpool in it. No, I was gonna say, I was gonna say crazy. Nuts. I, I wouldn't put anything past COVID right now, so that would right. be that'd be crazy. I was gonna believe that until Matt said that. I was gonna go look it up. <laughs> uh, let me go here. I'm gonna go Leipzig. I'm gonna go two one. How about yeah, you, Matt? I, I'm gonna go Leipzig two one. One, I I want Madrid out of the tournament for mm-hmm. knocking Liverpool out. I'm a little salty about it. Um, I also don't really like the brand of, of football they play. <laughs> Did you say two one as well? Yeah. Okay. I, I don't like the brand of football Madrid play either. I don't think I've ever been more frustrated than watching two games, two full games of having to watch a team play that team. Just constant falling down. Yeah. Constant. Just it. It was so frustrating. Um. And and honestly, Leipzig versus Atalanta might be one of the most exciting games that you could put out there remaining. Yeah, that would be great. How about you, Lugs? I mean, obviously different form, different time, but I think, I think ultimately you beat the best team in Europe. Um, so I'm going to go with Atletico. Uh, I'm going to go two nil. I think Leipzig might be, eh, I don't know. I, I think they're relatively weak. Um, but I think when you beat Liverpool and coming, I mean, I know it's back in before COVID, but I think when you beat somebody like that and they played well against Barcelona back in June, uh, when they got started back up, and, you know, big clubs looking at that, how well they play against big clubs. Um, I'm going to just tell, I think they, I think they'll force their way through. I think it's too big of a, of a chance for Atletico. That would be, uh, that'd be good. So let's just take a look at the bracket real quick. So that means City, uh, and Leon winner will face Barca versus Bayern and, um, Atalanta versus PSG winner will face Atletico and RB Leipzig winner and those two games are first remember atletico and um atalanta's games those two games are earlier they're on the 12th and 13th and the 14th and 15th are later because those teams just played over the week you know friday and saturday yeah so that's all of our predictions i don't think there's anything else really for us to uh predict here but if you're talking about that style of play matt of falling over and stuff, man, wait until you get to world cup qualifying and you watch some of the teams the USA is going to play. Uh, Cause that's, that's really on brand for the central America teams. I was here. Say, yeah, the, um, when Liverpool <laughs> in the club world cup, they faced Flamengo and mm-hmm. oh, geez, I don't remember the other one. And I just, I was getting so frustrated because they, and the refs were just calling. Them. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, how, there was, um, if you actually watch the first leg of Atletico Liverpool, there's a foul where the Salah has the ball under his under his foot, and the Atletico player goes to kick it. He kicks the ball and it doesn't move, and then he falls over, and they call a foul on Salah. <laughs> it's crazy because that's the kind of same stuff we see. Okay, so we over here as well have a Concacaf Champions League which is just like the UEFA Champions League. So you have like the you know like the MLS teams qualify for it. So the winner of MLS's back is going to qualify for the Champions League. Um and 
we play a lot of teams in like Mexico and Central America that end up pulling a lot of that stuff in. It's very hard to win there. Their pitches are also not very good. Uh, you know, Mexico has really good ones sometimes, but you know, teams like in like in um, Honduras and stuff uh, and Costa Rica don't, that don't have really good pitches. And then you have those players falling over all the time and the refs calling it. It's, it's brutal. It's the same thing that happens with world cup qualifying. And it is so frustrating to watch all the time, Hmm. but it was, that's um, CONCACAF, man. It was so frustrating to watch. And then that's what it felt like watching Liverpool at Letico. And I was like, how can you enjoy watching this? How, How can anyone, I just don't get it. And it's it's almost like it, it didn't really happen in the second leg with Liverpool. That was just more a couple of mistakes in extra time and Oblak being the best goalkeeper probably in the in, in Europe. But I I just want Leipzig to beat the ever living crap out of Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well I think that's everything we have here for this week. Uh so that was a lot. So I guess our next episode we'll probably, you know, go over what our predictions just were. Uh, that, that's all that we have here. Uh, go Orlando City. Uh, go Copenhagen. Uh, <laughs> go, uh, you know, uh, Basel. And uh, go Lyon. And we're going to see you all next week. <laughs> Kane has stolen it at the death. That's what he's there for. Thank you for listening to stoppage time soccer show we hope that you continue to listen to our show and listen to us recap the english premier league from our perspective we'll also be talking some champions league and any other leagues that impact world soccer